Hey everyone, welcome to the Lighthouse Podcast, where you can hear our latest teachings and conversations. Well, hey, we're going to jump right back into our Ephesians, a mighty good uh, future series. We were kind of loosely in it last week for Easter Sunday. Wasn't that an awesome morning? Oh, what a good morning. Pastor Tim brought an amazing word just to lift up the soul. I just feel like ever since Easter morning, just the Lord's just been reminding me of his love for me again. And again, like I said during worship, yeah, duh, he loves me. But there's something about like letting it hit you, almost like a tidal wave sometimes that's just like, oh man, you do. Anyway. We'll get into it a little deeper. Why don't you open up your Bibles, if you have them with you today, to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3 or on your phones. Whatever you have with you. Ephesians chapter 3, and we're going to start in verse 14 today. It's awesome. Pastor Tim actually read this over us as we were ending the service. And then ever so kindly said, how are you going to beat that next week? So I was like, cool. (laughs) Oh, it's awesome. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Goodness. Might as well go home now. That's good. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Would you pray with me one more time? Lord, thank you for today. Lord, thank you for the the chance to, to stand up here And share what, Lord, I feel like you've been wrecking me with this week. Lord, may we all just come to the text this morning, all of us, ready to just be enlightened by something from you, your spirit today. Holy Spirit, would you open our eyes? Holy Spirit, would you you just open the door? And may we just have the courage to walk in. May we receive from you, King Jesus, today. In Jesus' name, amen. So in south-central Utah, at the western edge of the Colorado Plateau, researchers uh, Jerry Kemperman and Burton Barnes discovered a single living organism having one massive underground root system. Now, this colony of aspen trees are all connected by one single root system. And check this out. It occupies, you ready for this? It occupies 
like 43.6 hectares, which would be 108 acres, and is estimated to weigh around 6 million kilograms. Now, don't ask me how they weighed that. 108 acres in one root system. Now, it's difficult to determine the age of something this large, but some botanists who have gone in to actually study this cluster of trees, would, they, they've said or estimated that it's, it's relatively around 14,000 years old. We won't get into old earth, young earth stuff there, but just take that number anyway. 14,000 years old or older even, potentially. Now, just to put that into perspective about one aspen tree would live approximately somewhere between 100 to 130 years. And aspen trees are actually quite unique, where for them to grow and reproduce, it goes along the process of something called suckering. Now, I had no idea what that was, so obviously I researched it. So a stem will actually spread out through the roots underneath the ground, and under the right conditions, will actually start sending up stems through the ground. Over time, if given the chance, with the right soil, the right environment, the right circumstances, this one tree or root system could turn into a giant cluster under one root system. So Pando, as the researchers have named it, have been able to spread this way to cover the 108 acres, all under one single deep, strong, and collected root system. Together, deep, connected. Connected to last and increasing the age of just that single one tree. But because they're together, they become something totally, totally new. Rooted in the ground together. Through storms, through changing seasons. If it wasn't for this root system, these trees would probably just die. But because they're all connected into one thing, they last way longer than they ever would. Something unique, something outside of itself. You know, this root system makes the tree not just a tree. It makes it a wonder. It makes it a wonder of the U.S. The root system made something that took on a life of its own. The root system, what makes up the tree? The soul of the tree, you would maybe even say. The root system. So I ask, what makes you you? What is your root? What makes a person? Paul is closing chapter 3 similar to how he began the chapter for this reason, establishing again the theme that we are all one family under one father. And Paul uses the term here, um, from every family in heaven and earth derives its name. So heaven and earth here, it's kind of like a turn of phrase that Paul is using to describe kind of an all-encompassing from sky to ground. So from heaven to earth, all families deriving its name from the Father. And then we enter a really beautiful prayer from Paul. Paul goes directly to the deepest voice within the human soul, the root of the human being, the root of the soul, the beginning place. I'll read again, verse 16. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. You know, Paul doesn't pray in this moment that God would bless their building. He doesn't pray that he would bless their worship leading or their bank account. 
Those things matter, but Paul goes to the most important place. He goes to the inner being. What makes up a person and where everything else comes from? Out of his glorious riches. God is not holding back. This is a lavish outpouring, something God actually desires to give. We were, we were praying this morning, and just the, the phrase came to me, we were praying that God delights to be with us. It's not something I have to convince him to want to do. It's the same here. Out of his glorious riches, this is something he wants to pour out. Verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Why does God want to pour this out? so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. There's that connectedness. To grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Strengthen your inner being, rooted in love. Strengthen your inner being, rooted in love. Let's go back to the root system for a second. So what is most important about a root system? Most of us in the room would agree that roots are pretty important for a plant or a tree, yes? But do we know why? I didn't, so I had to look it up. I forgot my little elementary school lesson when we put that bean in the, you remember? The bean in the paper towel and then pour water on it. Can't wait for when we have masks off. I can see everybody smiles. So there are many reasons why the root system is so important, but one researcher narrowed it down to just three top reasons. So the first one would be anchoring it into the soil. Anchoring it into the soil. Immovability. Number two, absorbing water and minerals and transporting them upward. So nutrients, the things they need to survive. And number three, storing the products of photosynthesis. So photosynthesis would be um, what helps it mature, what helps it grow, what helps it spread, what helps it become what it's always supposed to be, maturity. So without the roots, when the winds come, when the rains come, the plant or the tree would just simply wash away or blow away. Without the roots, the plant doesn't receive the nutrients or the sustenance that it needs to survive. Without the roots... The plant simply does not last. You know, it might bloom for a, slightly for a season or if it even gets that far. But eventually, without the roots, it just dies. So when it comes to following Jesus, when it comes to apprenticing under Jesus, being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus and doing what he did, Paul brings it back to these two things that Christ would dwell in your inner being, strengthening you, and that you would be rooted in love. Rooted in love. Now, many things are going to branch out of these two things, but without these two things, we're not going to last. For some of us in the room, we remember the phrase, asking Jesus into our heart to describe the decision made for when we, you know, when we, maybe we were a kid and we decided, you know, yeah, I'm going to ask Jesus into my heart. You know, Jesus taking up residence in our inner being, living the core of who you are as a person, the most and deep you, that's where Jesus wants to live. Now, there are two Greek words for kind of the phrase or the concept to live in. 
One of these words has far more to do with like a stranger coming to visit or quite like a casual visit. But the other word has to do with settling down in a place to make it your permanent residence. And Paul is talking about the second word. Jesus wants to take up permanent residence in you. And when that happens, what Paul is talking about begins to take place. In your most inner being, you are strengthened because you are being rooted in love. More and more becoming like Jesus and living the type of life he showed us to be the the humanity God intended us to be. So I'll ask again, what makes you you? What makes me me? What makes a person the way God intended a person to be? You know, we use the word love, and it can get really cloudy really quick. Like, I love Jesse, but I also love peanut M&Ms. Right? It's like, it's like either the M&Ms are really special, or Jesse's like, uh, excuse me? Right? Or I love Adeline and Olive, but I also love smoked salmon from my good friend over here. That bag is gone. Again, just so you know. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, love gets really cloudy really quick. We could use the word love for the person we have fallen deeply in love with and committed our lives to and the sandwich down the street. Right? It gets really cloudy. The meaning can get lost. Now, the letter from Paul is, in most of the New Testament, if not all the New Testament, is written in Greek. And the Greek word for love, and we're not going to get into all the different meanings of the word love, but it's, it's beautiful language because you get all these different meanings of the word love. Love doesn't simply just, like in English, we have love. But in the Greek, we've got, you know, romantic love. We've got friendship love. We have love that you would have for pizza, right? Like you have all these different forms, but then we get to this love. We get to this love. And this is the word agape. Can you say that with me? Agape. Agape. Good. Now, agape refers to the unconditional love, or even some theologians say the highest form of love. Charity. The love of God for man and of man for God. This would be the same love and word uh, for love that Jesus talks about in Mark 12, 31. It says this. It'll be on the screen. Love the Lord your God, or agape the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Agape, or love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. See, when Jesus talks about love, it's more than a feeling. More than a feeling. No. I won't do that again. <laughs> the, love, the type of love Jesus lived out and showed the world, mirrored to humanity, what life in God's world could look like. Love was a way of life. Love was a way of life. And it was two sides to one coin. You know, to love God, to agape God means to agape people. That's how it's lived out. To love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength is lived in how we love each other how we agape each other, period. You can't love God and not love people. That's a hard one. That's a hard one. It also means loving without the expectation of getting something back. Hence the definition in agape as unconditional. 
conditional. This is why the story in the Bible when Jesus washes the disciples' feet is so provocative. Jesus, the teacher, the leader, knelt down and washes his followers' feet as a form of servanthood and love. Washing the disciples' feet. So why this type of love? You know, why, why would the definition of love matter so much that we would need to be rooted in that love? Because a self-giving, self-sacrificial, unconditional, action love disarms a world of hate, competition, hierarchy, scheming, self-preservation, self-indulgence, the, the guy that takes out the little guy, dog-eat-dog kind of world. An economy of agape love disarms a world of hostility and competition. I'll say that again. An economy, a system, a way of agape love disarms a world of hostility and competition. That's why the cross is so important. We talked about this actually on Good Friday in the video I posted. Jesus disarmed the world of sin, the power of sin, by displaying the most ultimate form of agape love, giving himself up. This is the type of love we are to be rooted in in our most inner being. This is what Paul is talking about. This is the type of love we are to be rooted in in our most inner being. To Paul, this is the ultimate. This is the thing. To be the most human you could be, to be the way you are always intended to be, to be a follower of Jesus and live the life you are called to is to be rooted in agape love. You know, that's the, that's the beauty of the word salvation. Like when we talked about you were saved. You know, we talked about this a couple weeks ago or several months ago that, you know, a proper way to understand the word salvation is like from that word we get salve. Like to heal, to restore, to be made into the way we were always meant to be. To be people of agape, people of love to be the dwelling place of God's presence, the Holy Spirit living in our inner being. So what does that look like? What does that look like? To be rooted in agape love, in our inner being, we have to dig up the weeds. We have to dig up the weeds. I can't be selfish. I can't have selfishness in me and be a selfless lover. I can't be generous in love and be a greedy person. You know, I can't love unconditionally and, de and desire to see somebody else fail. You know, I can't love unconditionally and manipulate things to get what I want. John 15, 9 through 17 says this. As the Father has loved me, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love be talking about in a similar way to being rooted. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, if you do what I did, if you live how I lived, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I love how he's drawing that comparison. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Another way to understand that, what does joy made complete mean? Well, that would just be another way of Jesus calling to like the very depth of the human soul for meaning. 
you know, if you're, if you're looking for life, if you're looking for the meaning of life, if you're looking for success, if you're looking for, you know, that human urge to, for more, for what am I doing in this life, it's right there. Remain in my love. Be people of agape love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love, same word, agape, each other, as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Matthew 5, you have heard it said like this, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, I tell you, agape your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be, chil- you may be called children of your Father in heaven. When you are rooted, when we are rooted in agape love, we get to live out the very heartbeat of God in this world. The heartbeat of God, his love, his restoring and healing agape love. You, me, we, we become a conduit. We get to become a conduit of God's love. When the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, dwells in us, we become a conduit of agape love. You know, when we're done here and I go home and I'm tired and Adeline wants to do something with loads of activity, that's not what I want to do. Agape love. You know, when I've had a busy day and Jesse has probably had an even busier day with kids screaming and dogs barking and she needs help, agape love. You know, when the person I do not want to see today walks through the door, right? Agape love. How do we do that? Because I'll tell you, if it's just in my own strength, it's going to fail on day one. How do we stay rooted in agape love? Let's, let's take a moment and look at the life of Jesus. Let's look at what Jesus did. If we are apprentices to Jesus, we look at how he lived, don't we? If we're going to be apprentices and followers of Jesus, we're going to look at how he lived. Number one, roots keep you anchored. We'll go back to the root system again for a second. Roots keep you anchored. Jesus was anchored to the Father. Verse 19, again in Ephesians says, And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, to experience, to have this love, to know it, that you may be filled to the measure of all of God's fullness. Jesus was anchored in agape love because he was filled with the fullness of God. He was filled with the fullness of God. This same filled and rootedness is, in, is, is, is available to us. It's the same invitation. We read this in the Gospels all the time. Jesus would often, what would he do? He would break away from the crowds to stay rooted and connected to the Father. Even when some people thought, Jesus, there's people to heal. What are you doing? You can't go be by yourself. But Jesus knew if, if hey, if I don't go do this, I'm going to be no good to you over here. I've got to be rooted to the Father. You can't give out what you don't have, right? You can't give out what you don't have. You can't love unconditionally if you don't let yourself first be loved unconditionally. Whew. That one's been hitting me this week. You can't love the way Jesus created us to love if we don't first let Jesus love us that way. Maybe for you, it's just the first 10 to 15 minutes of your day. You know, maybe, you know, your spouse is going to get up, you know, at, I don't know, 6.30. That's, hey, I'm up at, I'm up at like, I'm up at 5. 
Jesse gets to get up at 7, which is awesome. But, you know, maybe it's setting your, your, your alarm for 15 minutes before somebody else. And you know, hey, I got 15 minutes, and I'm, I'm not going to turn on my phone. I'm just going to be with Jesus before the day even starts. You know, God, be my starting point today. I'm going to run into people. I'm going to face situations, whatever, and I need you today. I need your love today before I do anything else. Before I open my mouth, <laughs> I need your love to fill me today. I give you my day, and I give you myself today. You know, maybe for you it's at night, at the end of the day. For me, I, I get a little bit of quiet time in the morning, but most of the time it's at night. You know, Jesse and the girls will go to bed, and I just I know I've got a little bit of time, and that's when I read, that's when I journal, that's when I pray. And this is going to go into number two. Roots give us sustenance, nutrients, prayer and scripture. What would Jesus do when he broke away from the crowds to be anchored to the Father? He prayed. He talked to God. He shared what was happening with God. Right before Jesus was arrested, there's this moment that Jesus has with the Father. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. But then there's the moment of surrender. Yet not my will, but yours be done. And an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Agape love is hard. It takes everything out of you and more. We won't last if we try to do it on our own. As you have your time with God, you know, again, maybe it's 15 minutes. Maybe it's the drive to work. Open up your soul to God. Share your struggle, the beauty and the mess. Share it with him. You know, God, I ran into that person today, and they really hurt me in the past. I have no idea how I'm supposed to love them the way you told me to. I need your help. You know, or, man, God, thank you for today. I just had the best time with so-and-so. I definitely feel loved today. God wants to be a part of both of those things. You know, Scripture, we have this book, and it's packed full of, story, of the story of God agoping, loving his world and his creation, us, May we not miss the magnitude of this gift. May we not miss it. This is, this is life. This is life to our souls. You know, if you were dying of thirst, the first thing you would do is run to the tap or the ocean, but that would be pretty gnarly. But if our soul was dying of thirst, wouldn't we go to the thing that brings life? You know, maybe it's one chapter out of the Gospels in your morning. Maybe it's one chapter. Maybe, maybe over lunchtime, maybe it's a psalm. Maybe you need to go sit in your car by yourself and just, hey, you know what, God, I need this today. I'm just going to read a psalm. Some of the psalms are really short. It's not a lot. You know, maybe instead of one more episode of something at the end of the day, this is my thing. We open up our Bible and read for 30 minutes. Whatever it is, man, we need it, don't we? Don't we need it? Number three, roots help us grow. Community and church. We're in this together, and we need each other. You know, when I'm having a bad day and I need encouragement, most of the people, if not all the people I would call, are in this room right now. That's beautiful. That's awesome. You know, I know we're in a strange place because of, of COVID, and it's made attending public things hard, but... Man, 
We can't show up once every four or five weeks and call that community in church. Right? We got we to be in this together, connected, community, struggle together, celebrate together. Now, hear me. I know things come up and you miss things, and, and this isn't a guilt trip. But we've got to be connected. You know, Awana, that's church. Youth, that's church. Community groups, community groups down the road, that's church. Being in this together. Jesus had a group of people he lived life with every single day, ate meals together, struggled together, celebrated together, argued together, <laughs> challenging each other, encouraging each other. In your inner being, be rooted in love, the dwelling place of King Jesus, together, together. Hear me, how we are rooted matters. Who we are rooted with matters. That's a big one. Who are you rooted with? What you are rooted in matters. You know, I, I think somebody said to me at one point, I, I can't remember who it was or when it was, but something along the lines of, if you want to see how you're really doing, watch somebody with the people closest to them because that'll show how you're doing. Sometimes my ex most exhausted moments come out when I'm at home. That exposes what I'm rooting in more than anything else. What am I rooted in? What makes me, me? What makes you, you? Who are you becoming? Who am I becoming? What is, what is our root? What is our root? Paul ends chapter 3 with verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church, and in Christ Jesus, through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. All the immeasurable things God will do are going to come out of what is in our inner being, rooted in love. All the immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine is going to happen if we stay rooted in love, being people of his agape love. Not because of our bank accounts, not because of our cool lights and sound, not because of the perfect and flawless programs, even though those things are super important and we need them. But if we aren't rooted in agape love, it's just going to become noise. Paul says this in Corinthians, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but I don't have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. I'm obnoxious. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. I might as well just shut my mouth. If I give all my possessions to the poor, and I give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I don't have love, I gain nothing. If it wasn't for the deep roots, the proper environment, being rooted together, the largest connected tree would only probably live about 130 years. But because these aspen trees were rooted together in the right environment, the right soil, deeply connected in the right soil, they became something, something else entirely. But it didn't happen overnight. You know, being rooted takes time. It's hard for the aspen to become one large living organism, it took time, and it took growing and changing. Living out of a place of agape love is hard. It's counterintuitive. That's why we need to get rid of the roots. 
I mean, sorry, not the roots. That's not true. <laughs> we need to get rid of the weeds. We need to get rid of the weeds. It's not a mistake that Paul says we need to be filled in our inner being. Again, it was prayed this morning. It was perfectly aligned with what God is doing this morning. You know, there are things that we probably don't even know that are in here. But when we let God fill it, those things just can't stay. You know, when, you're, when you have a cup of water and you just start filling it, or an empty cup, and you've got like gunk in it or whatever, and you start filling it with water, what you're pouring in starts to fill it up so the fact that what's in it can't stay in it anymore. It's got to overflow. Be filled in your inner being. Be a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the fullness of God because we could never do it on our own. Even the disciples, the apostles, Jesus' closest friends struggled with this. Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, he was called a zealot. He was called the zealot. He was part of a group, a religious group of zealots that were actually trying to overthrow the Roman Empire by force and by violence. So in Peter's mind, Jesus was coming to actually overthrow the Roman Empire by force. And many times you can see it. Peter would say, hey, Jesus, let's go do it this way. Right? Let's go. This is how we got to do it. We got to do it this way. He even goes so far as to what? Cut off one of the Roman soldiers' ear when they're in the garden. And Jesus is like, no, you're missing it. You missed the point. Jesus says this. You have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, here's a different way. To be people of agape love. Do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek too. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, man, give them your coat too. And if, and if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them for two. Now, explain that a little bit because that, that's an important one right there. So in, 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 in the time of the disciples, the Roman Empire, like a Roman soldier could go to any Jewish person, give them their pack and say, legally, carry this for me. You are my servant. Carry this for me. What does Jesus say? Instead of when they force you to take one mile, go the opposite and carry it for two. Charity, you took the power that they were putting over you and you said, no, you know what? You're having a hard day. Let me carry it for two for you. You flipped the power. You disarmed the power. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. No, you know what, guys? We're not going to do it that way. We're going to turn the other cheek. Disarm a world of better thans, a world of slave and master, a world of violence, hatred, anger, manipulation. Disarm it all with agape love. See what happens. See what happens. You know, when they arrest me and they're going to put me on trial and they're going to accuse me of all these things and I could fight back, you know, and instead I'm going to say, you know, forgive them, Father. Man, they don't see it yet, but they're going to forgive them. You know, what do they say? What do they taunt them with? Why don't you call down angels, rescue yourself? It's like, no, forgive them, God. They don't see it yet. They don't see it yet, but they're going to. They're going to. See what happens. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is here invading even right now. A kingdom, a way of life that is rooted in agape love. 
Be rooted in it. In our inner being, may it be God's dwelling place. Let him take over that space. Make it his. Would you pray with me this morning? God, I just, I've, I've, I felt like, you know, this isn't, okay, great, God, thanks, I got it. On to the next cool thing. I, just, I felt like, Lord, this is something you've wanted us to, to sit in. And Holy Spirit, I just, I, I pray right now, as you have been doing in me this week, it wasn't just kind of like a one-time reading of the scripture and then all of a sudden, oh, great, thanks, God. I felt, I felt like I was needing to chew on it all week. God, are there places in my life where I have not let your agape love fill me? And not just fill me, but actually change who I am. Holy Spirit, in, in the most loving and inviting way that you always do, would you, would you bring those things to the surface just as what was prayed this morning? I, just, I can't get away from that, just how much you've been lining things up today. God, when your love fills us like a liquid, it fills every nook and cranny, and it brings the things floating to the surface that are not the agape love that's filling us. Lord, may we let your love fill us today. And just even with your eyes closed, um, you know, maybe you're hearing this today and there's something specific that the Lord is just, I don't know, I, I can't tell, only you can. Or maybe you feel like the Lord's putting his finger on something. Don't rush out of here today. If there's, we're going we're gonna to put some music on here in a bit. And we're going to be done here in a moment. But, man, if there's, if there's, if there's stuff to be done with, with King Jesus in this place, don't rush out of here. God, would you do that today? Maybe it's, oh, I don't know, God, maybe it's, maybe it's a lingering hurt that is just, we've never let you heal. Or maybe it's just a continued motion in that. Hurt and healing takes time, God. It doesn't just happen like that and everything's good. Maybe there's a deeper place of healing you want to bring. Whatever the thing may be, God, may we just hear that call to be rooted in love, and have the living presence of King Jesus invade our living souls today. And then we get to watch what only you can do in our place, on our island. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening and joining us today. If you'd like to know more about the Lighthouse Church, you can find us on Facebook at Lighthouse Graham and Ann, or on Instagram at the Lighthouse GM. We'd love to chat with you more. Maybe something jumped out at you or grabbed your attention while you were listening today. We would love to talk with you and discuss some of the deeper questions of life together. God loves you. We love you. And we're in this together.